So in the last 30 days, you've overdosed on turkey, and you've overspent, overspent on Christmas. And now you're coming today for me to help you figure out your problem. Stop eating and cut up your credit cards. Problem solved. Yeah, problem solved. Today is a, it's a fun day and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, it is a challenging day because uh, most of you, if you've been like Barb and I and our families have come in, our grandkids are with us and you've been traveling or you just got back in town and uh, it is after Christmas, New Year is coming and so whether you were really excited or out of obligation, you are here today, but are we really tuned in mentally as to why we're here and what's going on? Uh, it's always been our joy. In fact, uh, I was talking with my grandkids last night, and uh, they said, Poppy, I remember last time we were there, you had a stand. And you said, we'd like all my grandkids to stand, and you had a stand. And they said, and I think everybody clapped for us. Um, but I, I think they probably could have clapped louder. No, they, they didn't say that. But as any, as any proud Poppy and Grammy, we love to have our grandkids with us today. So I'm going to have them stand. They're right here on the third row. Stand up. There we go. All right. All right. Our future generation. Dear God, help them, please. And help us. Today is not a sermon series. I'm not starting a sermon. I'm not finishing a, uh, starting a series, finishing a series. It's what we call a standalone. And uh, it's something that probably several months ago God put into my heart as a message. And so I put it in, in kind of like an outline form. But as I've learned over the many, many years, I put it on the shelf because it wasn't the time or the place. And then when I realized that I was preaching on December 30th, it's kind of like God was saying, okay, bring it off the shelf, and we're going to tweak it, we're going to add to it, put some things together, and I want you to share that with the church on December the 30th. Because as we heard from the word of encouragement that God gave us this morning, and also with Pastor Nicole and her word of encouragement for us for the coming year, we do have a new year ahead of us. And what I'm sharing with you today is hopefully we'll help keep you awake because the title of my message is, I know where you live. That's really, that's what God's saying. I, I know where you live. So that's going to kind of, <laughs> some of you are going to be looking over your shoulder and, and wringing your head and saying, oh, really, he knows where I live? But we're going we're gonna to look at scripture, and in the front part of this, we're going to read some verses, a little bit lengthy, but I, I want us to read them because it's going to set the stage of, of what God is wanting to share with us. And when I finish this morning, I trust that I've given you something as a challenge, as an encouragement, something, as we heard this morning, we're moving into a new year. And God is wanting to take us to some new places. And so as this all ties together at the end, we're going to have a responsive prayer together and really believe that this coming year is going to be great for us. But I want to start with Psalm 139, and uh, I want to read these verses uh, for you and with you today. Uh, I, there we go. Okay. 
read them with, along with me, and you can do it silently, but please, let's read these verses and let it just kind of soak into us this morning. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know where I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. So, for us today, for some of us, this is a source of comfort. Because the difficulties that you're going through, the trials that you faced, the things is, is you're going to encounter in the coming year, this is great comfort to know that God knows where you live, that he knows your thoughts, that he knows your heart, that he knows your intentions. And for some of us, it's like, man, this is, this is a great source of comfort. But for others, it could be a great source of concern. Because as I'm sharing with you this morning, there is a, a two-track part of this message. One is obviously about a physical residence. God knows where I live. The other is about a spiritual journey. And just like none of us live at the same residence, many of us live in separate zip codes, and so it is with the spiritual journey that God has called us upon. None of us are at the same place. Some of us are, are farther down, some of us are here in our maturity, some of us are here in our growth, but we're not at the same place. However, God knows where we live in that spiritual journey. So when we look at this and we, we, we gain the comfort, we also have a concern. We live in a mobile society. The average American moves 12 times in a lifetime. Now, some of you would say, I've got that beat. I've moved 13 times, I moved 14, I moved 15. But the average American will move 12 times in their lifetime. Three-fourths of the American population will move once every five years. Erie County alone has over 45 zip codes. And yet, God knows where we live. And when we choose to move, and even within ministry, when we choose to move, and for, for Barbara and I, we leave the state of Indiana, and starting out, and we go to a church, and we say, okay, God, we're leaving Fort Wayne. Goodbye. See you later. And it's like, no, I'm going to be in Rockville with you. And we get ready to move from Rockville and take another pastorate in Madison, Indiana. We say, God, we're leaving Rock, Rockville. Goodbye. See you later. And God goes, no, no, no. I'm going to go to Madison with you. And right on through our ministries, we have always known that God knew where we lived and knew our thoughts and knew our intents and, and, and knew our mind. And when we look at this, we're looking at a physical location and we're looking at a spiritual 
journey. See, the background and, and the Bible history tells us that obviously in the beginning, God knew where Abraham was. He knew where Isaac was. He knew where David was. But let's go back to the creation. God even knew where Adam and Eve lived. That was pretty simple because he created the garden and he put them in the garden. God knew when he called Abraham and Abraham and his family was moving forward and they came close to Sodom and Gomorrah. God knew that Lot was going to choose. Let's go live close to the city. And Abraham said, take the choicest part. I'll go over here by Hebron and this is where I will live. If you go to the book of Revelation, the word of the Lord to the church in Pergamum, he said, I know where you live. And even at this Christmas season, even at this Christmas season, God knew there was coming a day when his son would have to leave the comforts of heaven and come and live among humanity. He knew that. And so all the way through Scripture, and even up until where we are this day, God knew where they lived, and God knows where we live. Now, if you had difficulty with Psalm 139, I mean, you're saying, Pastor Don, I, I just can't quite, can't tr I'm trying to wrap my mind around really the meaning of it. Let me put it to you this way. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. You better not pout. You better not cry. Yeah, God knows. God knows. And, and, and maybe it makes us feel a little uncomfortable, but I have to tell you, folks, I take comfort in that. Because in a moment, we're going to be looking at a guy by the name of Abraham. Abraham was not a sinless guy. He was not someone who never messed up and never had a failure, but we're going to look at someone who, in his faith and trust in God, God gave him a promise, and he gave him a place, and he gave him a plan. So, with the Old Testament of Psalm 139, and by the way, God's word never contradicts itself. If there's something that he says here, he will confirm it in another section of Scripture. So I want to take you to... Acts chapter 17, and here Paul was in Athens. He was addressing the people in Athens, and he was kind of walking around, and he was looking at all of these gods because they had multiple thousands and thousands of gods. And he walks over, and he sees this altar, and there's an inscription on the altar to the unknown god. So he's beginning to talk about this is what is happening. He starts preaching the resurrection of Jesus, and they call him together, and they say, what are you babbling about? What, this is making nonsense. What are you babbling about? And really what he was saying to them was this, and we'll pick it up in Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 27. Here, here's what he's sharing. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. 
From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now catch this. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Times and places and seasons and where we are. And probably I think it would be good at this point just to stop and ask some questions. Where you're living, let's, let's, let's go physical first. The physical residence that you are living at, is that where you're supposed to be living? Are you in the place where you're supposed to be? My, my boys don't know this. Barbara and I talked about it a little bit yesterday on the way back from Jamestown. I said, you know, I know the message I'm preaching and I know it about where you live. And I said, I really think our boys are right where they're supposed to be, physically. Now, for Grammy and Poppy, for mom and dad, we don't think so. We think they should be in a house on one side of us and the other one live a house on the other side of us. <laughs> but for our boys and for Barbara and I at this season in our life, we are confident that we are living where we're supposed to be living. And the reason I say that is because when we look at the creation of God and we look at what God's hand has done, the continents and the islands, the seas and the oceans have been established by God's design. The country, the city, the town where we live and how long we live there. And when we move to another place, is designed and watched over by God. And so when we look at this place where we live and we look at this spiritual journey, and I can speak from experience over uh, 40 plus years of ministry. There obviously have been times when we have went from one pastor to another. Always included a time of prayer, time for direction, but. But one of the things, and many things that I've missed, many things I've blown over the years, but I think I can speak for Barbara and I, is that we never sought out a place of ministry. We never got on the phone and say, hey, I know your dad is the district soup. I know your dad is a presbyter. I know that you know that this guy and you know and this guy and that guy. And, and do you think there's a place for me? In all the places that we pastored, I can honestly say before God, we were there because he called us there. And that's a comforting feeling. And at the same time of the moves and the changes and the transitions, and not to say that there were not issues or concerns in the areas that we pastored, but we knew that we knew that we knew. In fact, we took our first pastorate, and our, our home pastor came on a Sunday to speak, and we're at the dinner table, and he says, why are you guys here? He said, you, you can be in any church that you want to be. Why are you here in Rockville? Small town, rundown church, inherited thousands of dollars of debt, and he couldn't figure out, why are you here? And the only answer that we could give him was, we really believe this is where God 
has called us to be. We're here, and God was faithful. And so when you're thinking of where you're living, because here's, here's the thing. When we look at what God is doing in our lives, did you know this? Did you know that God not only created us, but he put us in this world in these times, and it was not by chance or error? You're not sitting here today as a chance. You're not sitting here today as an error. You're not sitting here today as a coincidence. You're in God's timing and God's planning and God's direction. We cannot reinvent ourselves in another time. However, God has given us a free will to live our life the way that we choose. So, we can move for whatever reasons we consider valid. We can move to make more money. We can move to have more security. We can move, we can move just for the fun of it because we want to. And you say, well, is that, is that a sin? That's not a sin. No, we're not talking about sin. We're simply talking about being in the place that God wants us to be for the time. Now, I'm going to ask you another question. Pastor Nicole is going to have to put her fingers in her ears for this one. She doesn't want to hear this. But I, I would say to our staff of our church, are you living in the place that God wants you to be? I would say to the congregation, are you at Erie first because this is the place God wants you to be. He said, no, I come just to <clears throat> get the free coffee in the lobby before Sunday service. <laughs> even, if it, even if it does have soap in it. Inside joke happened this morning. No, I come because a friend comes. I come because uh, it's the closest place to my house. I, and all various reasons of why we even come to Erie first. But see, there's a difference in, in making a choice for convenience and accepting a call to a place. Because my this is personal opinion here, not chapter, well, I think I can give you a chapter and verse, but personal opinion. If you and I are attending Erie first because this is where God has called us to be, then we will plug in get connected, serve, love, worship together. All of these things will happen if we really believe this is where God has called us to be. But as I said, God gave us a free choice. So we may be here for two or three months and you decide you're going to go move somewhere else for two or three months and somewhere else for four or five or six months. I question that as really being a God move. Because I believe that God has a plan, and he has a purpose. And I believe that God has a plan for each of us. And I believe that for this to happen, we have to allow God to be in control. We have to learn the sacrifice of surrender. We have to learn to put our future in his hand. 
We have to know that we know that we know. So moving into 2019, I'm giving you some things to think about. I'm giving you some opportunity to take that time in that devotional, in that prayer life, and just to run it by God and say, God, am I living where you want me to live? Am I doing what you want me to do? Am I being who you want me to be? Because in this coming year, I want this year to be fantastic. I want this to year, this coming year to be different. I want it to be exciting. I want it to be, most of all, I want it to be fulfilling, that I know that I'm filling the place where you have called me. So we go back to Old Testament and we look at a man by the name of Abraham. God gave him a promise, he gave him a plan, and he gave him a place. When we know the story of Abraham, we understand that he was living in the Ur of the Chaldees, and then he went to Haran and moved on to Canaan, and and we'll touch on that in just a little bit. But here's something that you and I have to take by faith. The land to which he was called was unknown. It could not be known until it was experienced. So you see, when God has something for us to do, and God has some place for us to be, we may not know where that is until we get there. We may not know what that is until we decide to serve. We may not know what that is until we put that foot forward and say, yes, I will volunteer. And so you show up in the nursery next Sunday, and you immediately realize, This ain't where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) The kids know it. The nursery director knows it. And the faster you can get out of there, the better off everybody's going to be. But you know what you did is you said, I'll give it a try. And I think some of the hesitancy that we have is that we're hesitant to volunteer or to serve unless we think we can do it as well as everybody else. And really, sometimes all God is saying is, you know, I don't care if you do it grade A, top of the line. I'm just looking for a servant's heart. I'm just looking for a heart that will be open and obedient and faithful and be available. And that's really what I'm looking for. So in this coming year, I'm saying to all of us here today that God has a plan for your life. And he has a place where he wants you to be, and he has a purpose that he wants to fulfill. And it's not just a, by the way, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. God is specific. And there's nothing, there's nothing like the feeling of walking in the will of God. And God knows where you live. Now, let me bring this down to where we can identify with, with our spiritual journey. I won't go into all of the story, but because you've probably read it, you've heard it preached on, when God called Abraham to leave the Ur, Ur of the Chaldees, his hometown, his homeland. So symbolically, that was representing familiarity. Abraham was living in a land that he was familiar with. He was living in a land, a place that he knew. He was living in a place and holding a position that he was comfortable with. 
But God said, I've got something else for you to do. And, and we haven't even covered the blessings that God gave to Abraham. I'll bless you and I'll make of you a great nation and many people will know, come to know me because of your faithfulness. But the thing is, sometimes we have a hard time of getting out of Ur. And I think that, that I'm speaking to all, all three of these that I'm speaking to today, I really believe is, is relevant because Ur is symbolic of the past. Are you still living in the past? There are some things in the past that are good. There are some things about traditions that are good. But if we get stuck there, the thing that God has promised us, we will never experience because we decided I'm just going to live in the past. It's easier that way. It's something I'm familiar with. So Abraham, following God's call, moved with his family, and they started on this journey, this promise that God had given to them, a land that they had never experienced. And they get to a land and a town by the name of Haran. And they stop there. Now, Ur was quite a populous town. It had arts, it had libraries, it had education, it had economics. But they get to Haran, and they decide to stop there. And if you read what the Scripture says, it says, And they came to Haran and settled. They settled. I, I don't remember the exact commercial, but I remember there used to be a commercial of, 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 of I think it was maybe an insurance commercial, but it was about people who settled. So settling represents the present. Maybe you're not living in the past, but maybe you have come now to the present and you have settled. Let me break it down for you. Maybe we're here today and we've accepted Christ as our Savior. So now you start your journey. And then we even go through a foundations class. So we take a few more steps. And then we see in the bulletin that there's going to be a water baptism service, and it's coming up, and I've never been baptized, so I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to get baptized, and I take another step. And now we've got home groups coming up, and Pastor Quint is, is giving us opportunity to get connected with home groups. So now we take a couple, three more steps, and now we're into a home group. So we, we have become a believer, and we went through foundations, and we've been baptized in water, and now we're a part of a home group, study group, and we're all settled in. Nice and cozy. But God has never called us to settle. And we find what is happening here in Haran, that, that even though they had started their journey, they stopped. This was their halfway point. And I, I get this, I, I can't tell you, I'm not going to say God said, but again, just from years of experience, I get the feeling that probably all three types of people that I'm identifying for you this morning, we have sitting in this sanctuary today. People who are still living in the past. And people who have made strides and they've made steps, but they got this comfort spot. And they got the blankie over them. And they got the cup of coffee. 
and they're settled in. Now, if you want to stay there, that's okay if that's your choice. But like Abraham, God is saying to us, God is saying to Erie First Assembly, I've got a Canaan for you. I've got something better for you. I've got something that will stretch you and grow you and develop you and something that you can be the light for the community. But don't settle. Don't settle. So then he moves on toward Canaan. And Canaan simply is symbolic of the future. It's a land of power. It's a land of blessing. It's the fullness of God's spirit. It requires an element of faith. But God has something for you. See, just in a, in a personal note, I think I shared this with my Sunday school class several weeks ago. Our society tells us when to retire. In fact, it even gives us an age. And we buy into that. And retirement is great. I admit I'm a little jealous, a little envious, but I can get forgiveness for that. That's okay. God loves me anyway. Retirement is good. But we come to that place that the world gets us to buy in that there comes an age in our life when all of a sudden we can sit and do nothing and just kind of dangle our feet in the river and do all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you look through Scripture, there's no place from Genesis to Revelation that talks about retiring in the kingdom of God. There is no retirement plan in the kingdom of God. And there's times, my hero was a guy by the name of Caleb, who at 85 years of age, 85, he said, God, you promised me that land, so give it to me. Because at 85, I'm ready and I'm willing and I'm able and I've got, still got the fire in my bones. I'm going to go and take that land because you promised it for me even though I'm 85. So again, see, culture teaches us at a certain age you stop doing this. At a certain age you stop doing this. That was one of the biggest problems I had when I hit 40 was because a lot of the 40-year-old men that I knew had already stopped. No more sports, no softball, no basketball, no running, no activities. Just go to work, come home, and settle in. And I felt like an odd duck. I felt like an odd person because I was still playing basketball. I was still playing racquetball. I was still playing softball with my boys who was on a, on, a, on a church softball league. Still playing softball with my boy at 40, and at 45, and at 50, and 55, and, and at 66 with this hip replacement that I had, is I backed away from basketball. But I, I didn't buy into this thing that when I hit a certain age, I get to stop doing all of these things. 
And it's always been a blessing and it's been a joy to serve the Lord. It's been a joy for the call of God on our lives. It's been a joy to serve God. It's been a joy to watch transitions. It's been a joy to watch what God is doing because God has a place and he has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives. So here's what I want us to do this morning. Entering 2019, I've given you some things to think about. You can choose. You can disregard them. You could go on about your everyday life, and and that's your business. All I'm saying is this. If you want something better in 2019, if you want to experience God like you've never experienced him before, In 2019, you have to get out of the past. You have to move away from the present. And you have to start walking to the future. You say, but but I, I just need to know. You'll never know. You will never know what tomorrow is going to hold until you get there. That's why it's called faith. You say, well, I just want God to reveal to me the plan that he has for my life No, you know why? Because probably if you knew it, you would back out. (laughs) You would duck the plan. But God's saying just walk by faith, day by day by day by day. And God has a future, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to stand with me this morning. And there's a prayer that I want us all to pray together out loud. I want us to pray this prayer together out loud, and this is going to seal our message today, and I believe be the catalyst that begins to move us into a grand and glorious and exciting 2019. So it's going to be up on the screen here in just a moment, and here's what I want to uh, have you share with me And let's read it out loud. In fact, let's read it as a declaration. Not a quiet devotion, but let's read it as a declaration. Ready? Here we go. Father, you have placed me here at this time. How do you want to use me? How can I be available to you so that you can work out your purposes in this place? Show me how I can be your instrument of peace and healing here and now how I can shine with your love and joy, and how I can share the good news of who you are with those around me. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the promises, the place, and the plan that you give us. And we just pray that 2019 will be even more than we can imagine. It will exceed our expectations, and you will be glorified in all that we say and do. And it's in your name we give thanks. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day.